man, that scripture that we read in Isaiah 57, he who dwells in eternity, he is holy. That's just, like literally, I'm floored with that. So I'm still stuck there, like 25 minutes ago. I said to Steve, I don't know, I'm just stuck there with that scripture. Maybe we should preach on that. No. He who dwells in eternity. Have you thought of that? He who dwells in eternity, he is holy. This is the God we just sang to and sang about and and worshipped. Man, it's so glorious. It's so good to be back. My family and I, we had a two-week break. Thank you for those that uh, made it possible. For my sponsors? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. We um, really, it was, it was glorious. So I can, I can highly recommend it. If you need a break, go take a break. Okay. Can I highly recommend it? <laughs> Turn with me in your Bibles to the book, second book of uh, Timothy, chapter 4, verse 10. Tonight's preach is entitled, Don't Be a Demas. Don't be a Demas. Well, I'll tell you now who Demas was. Okay. For Demas, I, I googled it. Okay. It's not Demas or Demas or it's Demas. In love with this present world has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Demas. Something happened to this guy who's a friend of Paul. Paul is writing this to a young Timothy. And he is saying to him, this guy Demas, he fell in love with this present world and deserted me, have left me. Now, who can tell me how many times in the Bible do we read about this guy, Demas? No, no, no. You were in elders meeting. Anybody? Who's never heard of Demas? Okay, cool. That's a good start. Who's heard of Demas? Not Nicodemus. Who's heard of Demas? Okay, how many times in the Bible do you think is this guy mentioned? Once. We've got one. We've got one. We've got one. How many times? Just once. No. No. Three times. Thrice. Three times. So this word, I don't know. I I always struggle with this. Is this Philemon or is it Philemon or what is it? I don't know. Philemon. Let's call it Philemon. Philemon, let's read that scripture quickly. And so do Mark, that guy, Demas, and Luke, my fellow workers. I want you to note that. Demas is called a fellow worker. Okay, the second one. Can we get the, eh? Colossians, yeah. No, the previous one was Philemon. Philemon was writing it. Luke the beloved physician. See, Luke is always mentioned. He's always on one of these trips. I like him, you know. He's always mentioned. He's the nice guy. But he's a doctor. The beloved physician greets you as does Demas. Okay. And then the last one that we see is in 2 Timothy. This one that we saw just now. For Demas, in love with this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. So, a little bit of background because this is quite interesting. The first verse... The Philemon one was written in AD 60 or 62. So Demas was called a fellow worker in AD 60, 62. The Colossians one was also written around the same time. 
And the Timothy one was written in AD 67. So can you see within five to seven years, this guy is totally backslidden. He starts off as an apostolic fellow worker with Paul and just leaves and deserted. In actual fact, I'm going to point to you how much he has deserted and what he's deserted. He's actually come to a place where Paul calls it that you have shipwrecked your faith. Demas, because he's loved this present world more. Okay. Demas, in other words, we see he goes from a fellow worker to simply Demas to a lover of this present world. The three times that we see him mentioned in the Bible. The first two mentions were during Paul's first imprisonment and the last here in Timothy during his second imprisonment. In Rome, for those that are taking notes. See, the lure of the world, the, the things of this world have become irresistible to him. It became too much. It became overwhelming. The, the, the world is constantly calling. I, I must warn you, I've been following Jesus for 30 years this world is constantly dragging you this way. As much as you want to go that way. And, and, and we're talking about a strong Christian here. We're not talking about a, 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 a lukewarm. Yeah, Luke was the guy that was here. Yeah. Look at, nice. He wasn't lukewarm. Matthew chapter 6 verse 24. No one, absolutely no one can serve two masters. Okay, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted. There's that word. It's a very strong word, that devotion. The Bible calls us to devotion in a few things in our lives, but we see most of them in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, to be devoted to the word of God, the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayers. He says, don't be devoted to the things of this world. He says, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. I know it's in that context. But I want to call you to attention that you cannot serve two masters. You cannot. Somewhere, my friends, you're going to do the splits. You can't stand with one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom. Otherwise, you will be lukewarm. So let's get into this verse quickly. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 10. What does this word love mean? He loved this present world. What does it mean? And it's the word agape that we see. Or agapao. And it speaks of a love not from affection, but based on a decision of the will rather than that of emotion. So that's, that's agape love. You make a decision of your will. But now, he's used that word in a negative. He has loved, he decided in his own will to go the way of the world. That's what Demas did. He made a decision in his heart. You see, I'm reminded of young Daniel that was tested. He's in exile. And the king is bringing all these wonderful, the Bible talks about delicacies, and then it says this, I think it's in, I don't have this verse, but it's in Daniel chapter 1 verse 8. Maybe go check that out. And it says, Daniel 
purposed in his heart not to defile himself with the king's delicacies. He made the decision of his will. He decided not to follow the things. And then he said to the, we know the rest of the story, he said, listen, give us vegetables and we will look better than those guys. So it's a whole story. Go read Daniel. It's wonderful. Where Daniel decided not to compromise with the things of this world. Okay. So in this present context, in 2 Timothy 4, the object of Demas' love is this present world, which elsewhere Paul describes, actually in Galatians 1, he calls it this present evil age. This is what Paul has called. Now, I'm, I'm sure that if Demas was a companion of Paul, that he has most probably heard some of these letters. He's read the letters that the warnings, all these things, Colossians, all these things. He's, he's seen those warnings. So he's had some of the Bible. That's, it's scary. I'm, I'm sure that he's been on some of these meetings with Paul. He sat in church. But yet, one day, five, seven years later, he just decided he was going to go his own way. I felt, as I prepared, this was a heartache for Paul. And I felt prophetically, some, some people are sitting here where people have deserted you. Where people have left you. Where churches have... Done things and said things maybe. Where friends have left you. You see, Jesus had his Judas. And so did Paul have his Demas. And I want to pray with some of you maybe tonight who has been deserted. That tearing. That moment where somebody that you really deeply loved. Because I can tell you this really touched Paul. That he really deeply loved Demas. He said, he deserted me. He left me. He's gone in, back into the world. And he has loved the things of this world more than loving Jesus. So I want to pray with you maybe tonight, if you're there. So just keep that in your mind. I felt prophetically there's some people that have been deserted. And Jesus says, you can come back to him tonight. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Okay, is that good? So in this thing, in this present thing, Demas, he was unwilling to deny himself. Instead, he desired to gratify the self. That's the first thing if you're making notes. In this instance, he loved the things of this world. He loved to gratify himself rather than please Jesus. He decided in his heart to take part of the delicacies of this world. He decided to, to rather sit with Facebook and with YouTube and Netflix than read his Bible. And I'm not making law. I'm telling you, these are the things that will subtly just suck you into the things of this world. 
And it will desensitize you to the things of the kingdom. It will. I can tell you right now. We've not had TV for two weeks. Sure. Solid. Solid. Not because my kids are like, ah, I'm starving. I want TV. We're going back home. It was like, tch. and I just saw something of that. How much time we spent with the TV. How much time we spent with our cell phones. The things of this world. Oh, and I'm, I'm just reminded of a song that says, the things of this world will become strangely dim. In the light of your glory and grace. I'd rather see that. So the second thing is, I want to look at this. Matthew Henry said this. If you follow me on Facebook, you'll see that I quoted some of these things. There you go. And you can subscribe to my YouTube channel. The love of this world, the love, Matthew Henry said this, the love of this world is often the cause of turning back from the truths and the ways of Jesus Christ. I'm going to read it again. The love of this world is often the cause of turning back from the truths and the ways of Jesus Christ. So the second thing that we see in that scripture is not just the love. Present is the word present. This present world. What does that mean? In actual fact, it's the Greek word N-U-N. None. Just by the way, if you're taking notes again. But it marks a, a definitive point or period of time. It's not just the, the objective, immediate present right now. It's now. So the things that you need to gratify now. How much of this world is things that we need to gratify immediately? We just swipe the credit card. We just push a button. Just now. I need it now. Demas chose to live for the present. He didn't look at the future. He didn't look at the future. It was um, Jonathan Edwards, and I've quoted this before, that said this. He says, God, stamp eternity on my eyeballs so that I can see God, so I can see the things of the future, not just look at the immediate, not at this present world right now. Because I can tell you right now, you will be kept busy with the things of the present and forget the things of the future. We have a hope, an eternal hope, the Bible says. The third thing is world, this present world. This, is, this refers to this present sinful age, like I said to you guys, where Paul called it this evil age. It refers to the world system. Or even the invisible spiritual system of evil, the domain of Satan. It's what it refers to. In 2 Corinthians 4.4, we'll put that up. He is called the God of this world. He's called the God of this world. And he is constantly in opposition to God and his word and God's people. He will use seductive systems that appeals to all people, not just to young, not just to old, to every person. He'll use seductive systems 
believers as well as unbelievers that are falling for this stuff all the time. And it calls for three things. Listen to this. It calls for our affection. It calls for our participation. And it calls for our loyalty. The things of this world, it calls for our affection. It calls for our participation and for our loyalty. Loyalty cards. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Maybe I'm eating something. I don't know. Satan controls this system. And believers should run away from it. And Demas didn't. He ran to it. We are supposed to run away from these things. Flee from corrupt and evil flesh. Run away from sexual immorality. But no, we rather turn towards it and run towards it. Demas made that decision. The fourth thing is, this world in context represents the sum of all the demonic and humanistic philosophies of life that we see today. And it corresponds to the spirit of this age. It represents the pop culture that we live in. You know, pop culture. And the manner of thinking that is in rebellion against God. Just, just open up Facebook. Open up any news agency. Just a, a newspaper or anything. You'll see how pop culture has crept in. And how the spirit of this age is dictating to our children, to you, to every single one of us. But we need to turn to Jesus, my friends. I promise you, He's the only way. He's the only truth. He's the only life that we have. This world system is against God. And it will try to conform us to this ungodly pattern. It will try. But the Bible says, do not be conformed. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Not by the removal of your mind. Okay. Christian, you need to think. And don't be smarter than the Holy Spirit either. You need to listen to Him. You need to follow Him. Walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh and the things of this world. Let the Holy Spirit take control. Demas could not resist the attraction of this age that he lived in. This present world. He couldn't say no. It just became too alluring. See, the ultimate fate of Demas is debated in many commentaries. Some considering his action as the manifestation of an individual who was never a true believer. I don't know. While others feel that he was a believer who fell in love with this world. And I have seen that. I've seen so many of my friends fall for the things of this world. And that's why I'm preaching this to you. And like Paul said, my brothers, I implore you by the mercy of God, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't be beguiled, the Bible. There's, a, there's this old English word, to be beguiled. I don't even know what that means in, 
in, in everyday slang English. What is that? You, you guys are English. You should know. Don't be deceived. That's maybe a good synonym, hey? Beguiled. Seduced. Hey? Yeah, munifa popofadvote. To be beguiled. It lies to you. It seduces you. It draws you in. And it's, and it's usually your best friends, hey? It's usually your best buddies. Ah, oh, just come with us. It's going to be such a rad You are going to miss out. I don't care if I miss out. I don't want to miss out on Jesus. What if Jesus comes back and I'm standing in the middle of bones? Huh? What? What's going to happen? I don't know. Do you want to try? No. Don't be like a Demas. Okay. Basically, he started well, but he shipwrecked his faith upon the shores of worldly affections. It's like a reef. It's dangerous. You can't always see it. And he shipwrecked himself on this reef. He, he sailed too close to the things of this world. It's that moth to a flame being attracted. And eventually you just scorch your wings. Let's look at 1 Timothy chapter 1 quickly. And among them are Hermanius and Alexander, Alexander, whom I have handed over to Satan. That they may learn not to blaspheme. These are guys that have also fallen away. In actual fact, if you read on in 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 10, go on to verse 11, 12, 13. He tells you of a list of guys that have stayed with him and some that have left him. He carries on. There's more. It's very interesting. These guys. Now Paul is saying, I'm handing these guys over to Satan. That they will not blaspheme. Guys that have started well. Guys, it's not how you start. It's how you finish. Listen to me. It's not how high you jump. It's how straight you walk when you come down. I don't care how high you jump in church. It's how straight you walk tomorrow morning. That matters. Look at this one. It's 2 Corinthians. Can we quickly get that verse? Is it 2 Corinthians 3? This is to do with the old and the new covenant. But I want to explain the last bit. For if what was being brought to an end came with glory, the old covenant came to an end. It brought glory in some way. Much more will what is permanent have glory. In other words, let's look at the things that are permanent. Not at the things that are now. Quick, quick fixes, quick gratification. Just those things never work. It's McDonald's meals you are hungry within a half an hour. It is. It is. It's designed like that. And the world is like that. The world is not going to cook up a wonderful meal for you. It will give you a quick fix. Although I will not make a dogmatic statement as to Demas' eternal fate, for only God knows what happens to Demas. 
It is interesting to study several parallel passages. I'm just going to show the scripture to you. Galatians, Paul writes this, Galatians 6.14. The world has been crucified to me and I to the world. The world is dead to me. The next thing is John taught this in 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. If anyone loves, in other words, there's a lifestyle. This world, the love of the Father is not in him. I'm going to read it again. If anyone loves this world, the love of the Father is not in him. James chapter 4, verse 4, here it is. You adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility towards God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. An enemy. See, Demas focused on what, on what he gave his love to. His unconditional love. His agape love. By surrendering his will. You know, this is why Jesus prayed and he said, not my will. Not my will. But yours, Father. There's this moment where Jesus wants the cup to pass him. But he says, not my will. And we need to surrender our will and we constantly need to ask. James continues and he says, do not say in your heart that you will go to such and such a town and then go make money in that town and two, three years later you'll come back. He says, no, you need to start off by saying, if the Lord wills. In any decision that you make, in marriage, in children, in job, in anything, you need to say, if the Lord wills. Because it's about Him. That's an eternal perspective. It's not gratifying the flesh then immediately. I want to end with this. Read this verse in 2 Timothy 4 verse 8. 2 Timothy 4 verse 8. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness. This is what I'm running for. You know, when we throw down our crowns, here's your crowns. There's many crowns which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved His appearing. That's what I'm running for. The crown of righteousness. Can we get that little pictures of these in ending? <laughs> oh... Do you know what that is? It's not a ferret. It's called an ermine. I'm going to show you a few pictures of the ermines as you go, ah, oh, about the ermines. I want to end the story with a story about this little animal, the ermine. So in the forest of North Europe and Asia lives this little animal called the ermine. Known for his snow white fur in winter. He instinctively protects his white coat against anything that would soil it. He doesn't want to get anything that's black or brown on him because then he will be spotted. Okay. Fur hunters take advantage of this unusual trait of the ermine. 
They don't set a snare to catch them, but instead they find his home, which is usually a cleft in a rock or a hollow in an old tree. They smear the entrance and the interior with grime. Then the hunters set their dogs loose to find and chase the ermine. The frightening animal flees towards home, but doesn't enter because of the filth. Rather than soil his white coat, he is trapped by the dogs and captured while preserving his purity. For the ermine, purity is more precious than life. For the ermine, it's more precious than life. Purity. What is holiness in ending? It's the word Kadesh. It's Kadesh in the Old Testament and Hagios in the New Testament. Okay. What is this? It describes that which is anti-secular. Secular is relating to the things of this world. That is temporal. It's a category in its own. In other words, to be, to be holy is to be set apart. You don't look like the world. You don't talk like the world. You're not like the world. And Jesus said this, they will hate you. They will hate you because they hated me. And I want to bring you back to that verse again that we read, that he is holy. And God wants us to be holy. I'd rather die, my friends, than soil myself to the point where I lose my purity and my holiness. Holiness is not going to just happen here in this meeting tonight with a prayer. It's not going to happen when I lay my hands on you. Now you're all going to be holy. No, this is a lifestyle. This is a decision. This is a decision tomorrow morning and the morning after and the morning after that. To make a decision to be set apart for Jesus. To talk like Jesus. To walk like Jesus. To be the Holy Spirit to people. That is what holiness is.